You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This is Kansas State's Felix Enidike Uzama, and you're listening to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Folks, this is your first one of two of this week. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gilbert for this edition of the questions, and then he's got to leave because he's got stuff to like drinks, like alcohol. Uh, anyhow, we're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Come to Manhattan, shop at The Fridge, leave, be happy, run out of stuff, come back to Manhattan, shop at The Fridge, leave, be happy. It's the it's the circle of life. Why do you want them to leave? Well, they can't stay at The Fridge. They could stay in Manhattan. Now, like you guys, you, you let people sleep on your couch. Come to The Fridge in Manhattan if you can't wait to get home to drink it, just head over to Gilbert and Carmody's place, get drunk, pass out on the couch, wet yourself, go home in the morning. You would not be the first person to do that. Well, there we go. Shop at the fridge whenever you're in town. And we welcome everyone listening as the podcast continues to grow. And I think uh, fans are a little fired up about this football season. K-State is 5-1 and one going into the off week, which is sorely needed. Sorely was selected on purpose. Chris Kleiman's theme of his Tuesday press conference, as I mentioned in the walk and talk, was how beaten up the team is coming out of that Iowa State game. That was an incredibly physical defense first game. Um, and... He also said a lot of players wouldn't be able to play this weekend if they had a game. So the bye week is really well-timed as they move into an incredibly challenging stretch of the schedule coming out of that bye week. TCU and Oklahoma State are the big game in the Big 12 this week as those two teams share uh, 1B in the standings. They're both 2-0 in the conference while Kansas State is 3-0. So they're catching up now with what most teams have played. And then K-State, of course, plays at TCU the following week and then comes home to play Oklahoma State. The schedule is getting interesting. But let's get going with your questions from Wabash Station. We're going to crank up the pressure here. We're going to crank this thing out. Who's got them? Who's got them? Who's got them? Who wants them? Who wants them? Okay. Uh, Cole, you go. First question comes from El Camino Cat. What needs to be done for K-State to win their bye week? Get healthy. I mean, that's it. That's the whole thing. As I mentioned, that uh, they have a lot of injuries. Khalid Duke is the only one that Chris Kleiman feels like may be in doubt for TCU, which tells me if there's some question there, it's not structural. He didn't blow a knee. It's probably muscular, and you just don't know the timing on that. It it looked like a pulled muscle, maybe hammy. Um, If he pulled a hamstring, man, that can nag you for weeks. So. 
He may not be available for TCU, but on the other side of that, Nate Matlack, Chris Kleiman said was probably the healthiest he's been all season, which I thought was interesting because apparently that injury wasn't his first nicked up situation this year. That just that makes sense. Um, so maybe he'll be close to 100% at TCU, which is something K-State hasn't had. He didn't start on Saturday either, which I found interesting. Yeah, no. He. I think he's a little bit more injured than we like to. I think it's a high think. ankle, and, and high ankle sprains just suck. I mean, a lot of people say it hurts worse than a broken ankle. Um, so get him past that and uh, see if he can get to be more effective. But, man, they got beaten up. I mean. You didn't even mention Deuce Vaughn, who. Huh, that was I mean, incredible. And, and Kellis Robinette asked him Point today, Blake. Yeah. would he have been able to play? And Clemens said, he was not. He was, he was not available to finish the game. No, he was done. So that makes me think that if K State was playing TCU on Saturday, he might be in question. Mm-hmm. If you go into TCU without Khalid Duke, without Deuce Vaughn, and you know he mentioned Felix, I don't understand why he mentioned Felix because all signs that I saw sounded looked like he just got hit in the not so nice area um, of the human body. It's, te- it's technically known as the testicular region. Thank you. Thank you. But either way. Um, yeah, you, if they, if they have to get healthy, that's the bottom line. And, you know, like we've talked about before, they literally are at the halfway point. This is the perfect time for a bye week and you literally could not ask for a better scenario unless they are six and zero. And even then, even then I still contend that the loss to Tulane probably does you more good than people would like to realize. Yep. I'd like to find out what would be if they hadn't lost. We'll talk we about can't. that later. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like where this team sits. And get them healthy again. Um, you know, I, I think most of the starters will spend their entire week in therapy, cold tubs, maybe some light lifting, whatever to keep their body fresh. It's time to have a six-week sprint to the finish line. Outside of injuries, I think the next thing that if you're a K-State fan or you're K-State, you're looking at the other games in the conference, hoping the teams you'd like to see lose, lose this weekend. Probably mm-hmm. a loss from... You know, Oklahoma State and TCU play each other, so that's you know you're gonna something pick will up, get sorted out. Something gets sorted out there. Baylor plays at West Virginia on Thursday. You know, you never know there. And then you know, OU, KU. Oddly, you really want OU to be the team that wins if you're K State right now. So there's some some options as far as viewing football games this weekend. That Texas. Definitely Texas. If Iowa State can beat Texas, that's huge for K State. Basically, anybody that's that K-State's already beat, if they're winning football games, that's good for K-State. Okay. Ryan Gilbert? I agree. Thank you. Okay. I'm glad ne- you stuck around for this. Me too. Next, <laughs> next question comes from Go Upercat. Much has been said about the team culture this season. Is this cohesiveness going to be the new standard moving forward, or is it just the result of the current roster? Both. I mean, that's this is what every coach wants. This isn't something unique to K-State, but... Um, I've said this. I think this is a really unique group. I mean, I think they've just hit the incredible combination of well-grounded leaders. Uh, There's, you know, I mean, if you want to look at a guy like Josh Hayes as being maybe the trash talker, let's not confuse this by saying that these are a bunch of Boy Scouts. They talk some serious trash. I mean, they're out there doing what young guys do in a football game now. But they come back in the locker room. Um, they have a, a family. They have a real bond feeling in that locker room. They support each other. Adrian Martinez wasn't run down by his teammates after the two-lane game. 
you know, none of that goes on. It's, uh, it's really an impressive group, and I've never really been around one. And this was always the goal of Bill Snyder, who always said every team's different, which is so true. Every, the chemistry of every team is different. But this is what every coach wants. Chris Kleiman's got it. I think he senses that this could be a special season. Felix and Adike Uzama going up to Kobe Savage last week and we're asking him a question about that kiss that Kobe blew. That sums up the, the culture right now. Yeah, I think you want to talk about culture. One of those guys who has completely changed and made an impact is, and maybe you know you guys can agree or disagree with me, but Adrian Martinez has completely changed, I think, the outlook that the, these guys have on this team because this is a guy who was at Nebraska who had absolutely no team success. He comes to K-State, struggles, and his teammates pick him up. There was that fork in the road, and instead of turning on him, they rallied behind him and completely turned him into a different player. And Adrian is very conscious of that. He's very understanding of that, and he has embraced it. I think his leadership ability has taken um, taken this locker room by storm, quite honestly. And every single guy, yeah, you're right, Fitz. They like to talk their stuff. But that's important. You know, they like to talk their stuff together. They don't talk stuff to each other. They talk stuff together. And this is the most cohesive um, team that I, I can remember, not not just from K-State, but just in general. So, yeah, I think that this can be the, the standard that's moving forward. The, just, the next question has to be, who is that next group? Who is that next group leader when Deuce Vaughn moves on? Who, when Felix NUDK moves on? When Daniel Green moves on? When Adrian Martinez, Cade Warner, all these guys that we presume are going to leave the program, maybe even as soon as this year, who, who, who is that next group of guys that steps up? That'll be the real test. But I think that you look at this group of leaders right now and these group of guys that we get to see week in, week out and talk to, I think that, you know, and how long I've been covering K-State football, I feel like this is the best group of leaders that the team has, at least off the top of my head. I can't think of a time where you can say you, you talk to a guy and you're like, this guy's a leader. And, you know, that's, you know, 12 deep, 20 deep. You know, there's they bring guys into that room that are that are leaders. And I think what makes it feel different right now is these leaders, they feel like they want to leave the program in a better place and they're going to pass it on. I don't know who the next leader is going to be, but I think that, you know, when you hear Deuce Vaughn talk about TJ Giddens and, and the guys that are underneath them, you know, these guys, I think they care about leaving this place in a good, a good spot. Once they're gone. I want to say something about DJ Giddens. I, I have not come across a young man that was more uncomfortable being in a media room since Darren Sproles. And, you know, as we all know, if you've been a K-State fan for a while, Darren had a speech impediment, which he's worked really hard and is much better now. But D. Scott Fritchin was the only one who could get anything from Darren. He was the Darren whisperer. But the, the key was get him aside and do his thing. Poor DJ's thrown in. You know, he was the leading running back in this game. He had more yards than Deuce Vaughn. He was essential in them winning the game by having big plays that picked up first downs. Yeah, he needs to work with it, but... Uh, Really shy, quiet kid. His teammates joke that they can't get him to talk. It, the only topic he wants to talk about is fishing, which I just laughed at. I thought this is beautiful. <laughs> um, but still, with that said, what a likable young man. As was um, any all the. I haven't come across a guy that uh, makes me kind of go, "Yeah, you don't fit here." Since and I just I've totally forgotten his name. The linebacker that transferred, Brandon Jennings. I first time I met him, go, oh, man, you're not going to last year. You're too me. You're too I. 
you're too what's in it for me. Um, so it, uh, yeah, it's a fun group. They're really nice guys. Next question comes from I Like Pickles Cat. Are there parallels between the play hard chart and limiting turnovers and penalties? Are they both extensions of doing the bare minimum? No, because I don't think anyone's rewarding you, praising you for doing that. I, I, I agree that they're the bare minimum, but Bruce Weber would make such a – I said his name. The, the play hard chart is the bare minimum. Right. I think limiting turnovers and, and penalties – Are like fouls and rebounds or – Fouls and yeah, fouls and turnovers. Okay, so so like, l- l- let me let me ask, let me clarify this question. And you didn't, you guys didn't ask this question, so maybe you don't know the answer. But is he is he assuming that when Coach Kleiman talks about the importance of limiting turnovers and limiting penalties, that and attributes that to success, that that should just be what happens in general? Yeah. See, I don't. I, I don't think, think I think the play hard chart is equivalent to a play hard chart. If, if Chris so, Kleiman kept saying, well, I know we lost by 30, but we played hard, exactly. that would be very irritating. Yeah. Hey, we might have lost by 20, but we didn't have a single turnover. We didn't have a single penalty. Yeah. But we lost by 20. Right. That's the play hard chart. When Chris Kleiman does that, you can tell me that, yeah, it's the same thing. But right now, it's it's not. Limiting turnovers and, and yeah. penalties is not the bare minimum, though. No, it's it's literally the equivalent of limiting fouls and turnovers in basketball. Because in fairness— you can turn the ball over, and you can have penalties, and you can still win. Right. If you don't play hard, you're not going to win. You're not going to win unless you're Texas, and you just have so much more talent or something. Yeah. That's. But if you limit turnovers, if you don't limit turnovers, I mean, how many times have we seen the Chiefs? You know, I always talk about them, but it seems like for years and years, you know, these past few years, they always out penalize their opponents. Like they have more penalties than their opponents, more penalty yardage there than their opponents. It doesn't take a genius just to watch their defense and see how continuously they have pass interference, how they have offsides, they have all these stupid mistakes, but somehow they still win the game. And, and yeah, so I, I don't think that limiting turnovers and pen, and limited penalties, it's part of the game. Like that's going to happen. The other team is trying to cause you to ha- turn the ball over and they're trying to cause you to commit penalties. It's not a two way street. You control your own effort. You can't always control the turnovers and the right. penalties. Right. I agree. Well so. said. Gilbert, you got anything on this? Come on, man. It's good to see K-State air it out against Iowa State, and you take away the Malik Knowles fumble. They had two deep balls for touchdowns. Right. So mm-hmm. those are plays that could easily end up as turnovers, but they didn't. So it's not like they're just playing super conservatively, conservatively now. That's not why there's no turnovers. <clears throat> they're finally starting to air it out, and they're still not turning it over. Yeah. And, and look, I mean— Malik was playing hard. I mean, he was just kind of reckless with the ball, and it was a turnover. I, I don't – I mean, I could be mad at him upset with the result, even though he was putting in effort for the most part. I did see some plays where he clearly wasn't blocking downfield. But um, man, that – I don't know. That, that play – That I, play was the defender. Made yes. a great play. Yeah. yeah. Malik's I, still got to protect it better, but great play. Well, that, Malik's <laughs> – Malik's biggest mistake was he got casual, and then he jumped on the ball, and I still don't know how he didn't recover it. That's why I love football. That thing's got pointy, and it squirts out, and it does weird things, and it just – that's something you absolutely can control, and that's why turnovers are a little more random than controlling your own effort. Mm -hmm. At least he didn't drop the football like Deshaun Jackson at the one-inch yard line. Right. Right. One-inch yard yard line. line. Yeah, I think you – goodness gracious. Too many measurements. Mm. Interesting. He does that a lot. The, 
The last question of the first half comes from B Foster one nine five nine. We are three weeks away from the men's basketball team facing Washburn in an exhibition game. It seems like there is little to no information coming out regarding the progress being made, who stands out, hype videos, etc. Is this normal or is Coach Tang paying it close to the vest? Very close to the vest. We've had no media day. I don't know when we will, if we will. I mean, you guys are going to Kansas City for the Big Twelve one. Is that next week? Yeah. Yes. And that's that might be it. I'm I'm just as what what do I want to say here? As as progressive as he's been with how he approaches social media and interacting with fans, limiting media, actual media attention right now is very fascinating. That tells me maybe his he knows he doesn't have that good a team. Or maybe he wants them just completely flying under the radar and none of them going in front of a microphone or a TV camera and saying, we're really good and we're going to win the Big 12. So I think he just wants these guys focused on basketball. Don't get distracted. Don't get in. Don't buy into your self-hype. You know, it's all about the grind. Is that bad? From a coaching standpoint, no. From a marketing standpoint, yes. But he has compensated with incredible social media marketing. It's not like they need to have a press conference to sell tickets. They're going to sell tickets. But it's also really difficult for us as media members to get a grasp on how good this team will be. What are these kids like? And um, then offer that information to the fan base, which is all we do. We're a conduit. So we don't have anything to tell you because we have no access. Now, I'm told we can get access to selected players, but with the Big 12 thing coming up, we're just going to, you guys will be there and we'll do that for now. Maybe we'll get into more of that. But um, I want a Jerome Tang press conference. We have not had a press conference of the day he was hired. It's odd. It's odd, but I, I understand what he's doing. Well, we had one. No, did we had one in the summertime? There was one over the Zoom, right? Was there? Yeah. There was, there was one in the summertime. I don't I remember being on it. I'm pretty I sure. Remember we did one. assistance. It was right before he went on vacation. Nonetheless. Uh, oh, no, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he went to Cabo. Yeah. Nonetheless, yeah, yeah, I mean. You're right. I, I, I think, stand corrected. I think there's a little bit of more of the I don't want to put these guys out there because mm-hmm. I want them to surprise everybody. And, again, you're right. He has done an incredible job. Him and his staff have done an incredible job of keeping the interest up while also playing everything close to the vest. I feel like fans are as connected with this basketball program as they have been in years. They don't know hardly any of the players. I mean, let's be honest, guys. The average fan probably doesn't even know who's on the basketball team. Sure, you might know Marquise Noel and Ish Masood, and you might know the names, but you wouldn't be able to pick them out from, you know, Joe to Steve. So, I mean, this is... So, who's all going to Kansas City? Marquise, Noel. Mm-hmm. Keontae Johnson and Naquan Tomlin. No ish. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's exactly why I brought it up. Now, Keontae Johnson might be one of the best newcomers in the conference, if not the best, if he's healthy. But I'm fascinated by Naquan Tomlin going. This is a guy who never played high school basketball, who went to junior college to play his first organized basketball, grew up playing in Rucker Park, is, what, 6'10? Considers himself a guard. Yeah. And they're taking him on this trip. And he has two years of eligibility. He has two years of eligibility. And they're taking him to meet the media, which means they think he can handle the hype and pressure 
in the bright lights, I'm beginning to think he's sneaky good, like really good. Why would you put him in that situation if you didn't have confidence he was going to be one of your better players? And if that's true, this this K-State team could be pretty decent. I think this the whole social media thing is why uh, we haven't had a lot of information come out. They're so good on social media. They've gotten the fans. They don't need us. They they really don't. No. That's why yeah. it, it doesn't really bring you any any value to to waste your time. This you know this staff means business. Why waste your time doing all sorts of things that aren't going to get your team better at the end of the day? So I mean, we saw it last year with Weber. There was a couple scrimmages before football games. Bruce was trying to reach and grab fan excitement from them. Tang doesn't need that. The the fans are pumped for the season. Tang does not need any more from the fan base. Um, they've been, look, they've been great on social media. They've done all this great stuff. They've increased fan interest. You know, they've turned around 180 degrees right. from Bruce Weber. That's fine. <clears throat> but the honeymoon's over. It's time for X's and O's. Right. It's time to put the ball on the court and let's see. Let's see how good they are. Let's go to a practice. Let's have a press conference. At a certain point, Jerome Tang is being paid to be a basketball coach and not to sit on a couch and interview students. I would not go that far. Just <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to make that sound like I'm complaining or making a hot it's take. It's really cool, but it's yeah. cool. It's great content. I'm glad that K State's doing it. But it's October. We K State plays a game in three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is. It's it's time to play basketball. Have we thought that maybe Jerome Tang and that staff understand the value of football at this school and know that K-State is 5-1, and 3-0 in conference, chasing a Big 12 title, and they don't want to make it seem like they're trying to take away the spotlight from the football program? Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. Because I think that's part of it. Here's what I'm thinking. As we advance closer to this season, this is a bye week. Next week, Kansas State football plays at TCU. Ideally, that Oklahoma State game will be a 2:30 kick. And if it is, I think we'll have some form of press conference on like Wednesday or maybe Tuesday after football, wherever they want to set it up. That'd be actually the best way to do it is just bring Tang in at 2.30 or something. But I guess football uses that room. Anyhow. Um, do it early. Do, do it at 11. Do it at 11. Yeah. Do it at 11 before football starts. I'm in. Then we eat lunch and then do football. Then they have an open scrimmage in Bramage prior to the basketball game. And their first game is the following Tuesday night against Washburn. And then the Monday after that, which would be after the – they got three Texas. games. Texas would be a, the Monday night after that. I can see them doing that. And, and I understand why maybe he's trying to fly it under the radar. But at some point, you need to let people know, hey, we're playing. We got a game on Tuesday. It's an exhibition with Washburn, but we'd love for you to be there. And here's a sneak peek of the team. And you have them almost fully formed before they play. It's just a couple days before you play and put them out there in a scrimmage. Now, if the game's at 11, can't do that probably. The game's at night, you could do that, but it'd probably be a pretty drunk crowd at the <laughs> Bramlage. But I think if you do, if you if you have a 2.30 game, go scrimmage at 11. You know, particularly if it's going to be a nice day, people show up even earlier to tailgate. Get in there at 11, be done by noon. Everyone goes out and tailgates, get ready for football. So that's my hope. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I would love to get a chance to have a press conference. I'm glad at least we have Big 12 Media Days. That'll be in Kansas City. It's actually Media Day. Um, one for men and one for women. But um, we'll have to make the most it's of that. It's days. There's two. It is it's days. days. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
Okay. Why doesn't women's football have a media day? Well, I'll talk to you about that in the break. And we're going to take a break right now so I can communicate the, why we lack coverage of women's football at Kansas State. <laughs> we'll be right back on the Powercat Questions podcast. Episode one of two this week. The best part about episode two is we won't have Ryan Gilbert. Well, that's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. Our female listenership will just plummet. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe. The leaders in K-State sports coverage will be right back with more of the PowerCat Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you go to the fridge whenever possible when you're in town. And if you're in the area already, please go to the fridge and check out their new products, the Club Special and the Cape Cod. They're from our sponsors at the uh, Part-Time Beverage Company. It's an Oklahoma family that produces this in in Texas, and they got some good K-State friends that connected the dots here, and uh, they're now in those three states really good products. If you like cranberry, the Cape Cod. If you don't like cranberry and you just like a nice refreshing lemon-lime drink, the Club Special. It's at the Fridge right now and other selected liquor stores around the state of Kansas, and we appreciate the Fridge so very much. Back to your questions from Allbass Station. Ryan Gilbert, I'm giving this to you so you have a responsibility before you start slinging drinks. Heard that. Okay. From Adam K 63 to kick off second half. Is K-State (laughs) 3... (laughs) <laughs> Is K-State 3-0 in the conference if they had beaten Tulane? Negative Ghost Rider. Um, we put a fire up on the website earlier on Tuesday before the press conference, but we talked about a little bit about this on the post-game podcast, Fitz and I did, and I just I don't see how K-State is undefeated if they're 3-0. The point I made, and I'll make it again, K-State lost by a touchdown to Tulane 17-10. to That's seven points, right? Okay. Seven. They lost or they beat Iowa State ten to nine. What's the difference between seventeen and nine? Eight. That is a touchdown and two point conversion, correct? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. So why are we mathing? Make, make your point. My point is this. <laughs> if K State beats Tulane, there's a very good chance they lose that game against Iowa State. Because they had never had any experience playing in a close game where there was not a lot of scoring on offense. They got that under their belt. They, they learned from their mistakes. So just that correlation one-to-one, I think K-State loses that game. That's not even discounting the fact that Adrian Martinez, had K-State found a way to beat Tulane, wouldn't have had a wake-up call. He wouldn't have had a conversation with Chris Kleiman. 
they wouldn't have had all this adversity to go through. And they probably lose to Texas Tech. They probably maybe lose to Oklahoma too. So those scenarios combined, there is absolutely no way on this side of the North American continent in any universe that K-State would have beaten in Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech and still be undefeated at 6-0. and So the answer to that question, no, K-State is not 3-0 in conference. Zach, Zach, let's have a little aside here. Is... Is there another universe, universe with North America with the uh, yeah I don't that plays football like is a continental divide because he said on this yeah. side of the he's a history teacher he's not a, a geography I, teacher actually actually, actually it is the same it's the same realm. thing but my, my I, was, I was trying to defend you damn wow it's wow. the you that's know that's what you get for doing that the universes <laughs> where you have one alternate universe I would be universe, no. less definitive than young Mister Carmody. But I do believe it to be true. I believe they benefited from the loss and understanding that they're not good enough to cruise. One of the most interesting things Chris Kleiman said on Tuesday, honestly, a press conference where outside of injuries, not a lot was unveiled. He said he thought Adrian Martinez played his best game of the season at Iowa State. Now, if you are stats driven, that's a horrible take. But if you look at the kind of leadership, determination, um, just how he played through injury, because he was beaten up pretty badly when he came in the press conference. Yeah, I, I see exactly what he's saying. And I see the result of the Tulane loss more than anywhere else in Adrian Martinez. There was none of that in that game. He looked timid. He looked scared to be hurt. He looked like he didn't want to make a turnover, so he just opted not to make a play. He was so conservative and um, I don't want to say afraid. That's not the right word here. He was just, just timid. He was timid in that game and he's not timid anymore. And I'm not sure he would be playing this way if he hadn't essentially hit rock bottom because he turned around and played with, uh, again, let me use this word because it's going to be the word of the day, testicular fortitude against mm. Oklahoma that helped them win that game, comes home against Tech, and is, again, pretty good, not great, goes to Iowa State statistically okay, but he was an absolute warrior in that game. And there is no realm in Cole's mind or any other version of this universe, with a continental divide or not, <laughs> that Adrian Martinez was a bulldog against Tulane. He was a timid little pup in that game. And he realized, I got to put it out there. I got to go. I'll say maybe. There may be 3 0 if they beat Tulane, but only under the circumstances of a comeback. Let's say they were down 17 10 going into the fourth quarter, and K State scores two touchdowns and holds, holds Tulane out, and they win 24 17. I think that could be enough adversity for K State to say, hey, we nearly lost that game. Now we understand, you know, what we need to do the rest of the season kind of thing. I'm not saying that they would have gone 3-0, but I think that a comeback win in that fashion, had they done it against Tulane, I think would have been the only scenario I see where they they are undefeated at this point. If they blow out Tulane, I don't think they're 6-0. I don't think they're 5-1 and even. So I think that Yes, being five and one at this point with the loss to Tulane is probably about every as as what we've seen on the field this year. That's probably what you would draw it up as. 
the losses to South Dakota and Missouri, the way they happened, I mean, K-State was just wins. handed the, those. The wins. The wins. Did I say loss? Excuse me. You, South wins. Dakota and Missouri's the wins. losses. The way that K-State yes. won those games, they were just so easy. They were handed on a silver platter. They didn't face any adversity. And I feel like if those two games, if South Dakota and Mizzou played just okay, K-State wins that two-lane game because they would have faced some sort of adversity in those first two games because that just came out of nowhere yeah. where they had a competitive game and they didn't know how to respond. I mean, it's just a butterfly yeah, effect a, in the yeah, whole yeah. Similar, every game. Yeah, similar to my argument. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Next question from Poon Saloon. All things considered. What? How would you, you rank heard. the importance of getting, you, you heard it, of okay. getting a win against each of the next four opponents? TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas, Baylor. Well, you can't turn around and lose the last two, but this team's capable of winning all of them. I don't see how they do just out of... You know, there's going to be a matchup issue. There's going to be an injury. There's going to be a bad call. Is there a reason KU's not included on this? Well, they, he's just talking about they're, the, they're the final opponent. They're not in the next they're, four. They're the, he's just asking about the next okay. four. I mean, saloon. honestly, I think I'm going to refer. That's an important game. I'm going to refer to him as Saloon. <laughs> um, that West Virginia is the break there. He's, this is nothing about Kansas. I think. Uh, Neil Brown's going to be fired by then. Mr. Poon uh, has great respect for what Kansas football is doing, but you just got the hesitation move right in there with West Virginia. And I agree with Cole. He won't even be coaching when Kansas State comes to town. Anyhow, these are incredible matchups. Um, you're going to catch TCU and Oklahoma State coming off. One of them is going to have a big win this weekend, and then we'll see what happens. You know, if it's if it's TCU, then, man, that game's huge in Fort Worth. If it's Oklahoma State, then I don't even know who Oklahoma State plays the next week, but um, they'll have another game before they come to Manhattan. Maybe College Game Day. Maybe the Big Noon Show from Fox. I don't know. Um, if if everyone's on course. If K-State wins at TCU, Oklahoma State beats TCU, everything's going. Yeah, they're huge. And you can't look past Baylor, even though they're struggling. They're well coached. Um, we'll see what they've got in the tank. They've got a really fun quarterback that can make plays. And I think Texas is finding its stride. Still not sold on Texas, but I think this weekend's game with Iowa state will tell me a lot. I think that spreads up to 17 and a half. Mr. Gambler. Jeez. Don't look at me. I don't gamble. Okay. And um, if they can cover that, if they can score on that defense enough points to cover winning by 18, I will be impressed. I will. I don't see it. I wish I'd waited one more day to get the 17 and a half. Instead, I got 16 and a half. But I'm that confident Iowa State will cover that. Not sold on TCU or Texas right now. I think Oklahoma State's good. And I think Baylor has the potential to be a real spoiler down the stretch. I think Texas is the most important game. And I, I say that because I think that the next important game is beating whoever the winner is of Oklahoma State TCU. Whoever wins that game, that's the the next most important game. But I think you need to beat Texas just because, like Fitz said, they're hitting their stride. Um, They do have the one loss already. But if you beat Texas, I think that you really lessen the chances of them being in the conference, being a competitor for the same spot in the conference championship game. I think you beat Texas, you pretty much eliminate them at that point, as long as K-State's able to take care of business. And then 
trying to get yourself into a three-way tie between TCU and Oklahoma State, I think is the next course of business. And then, you know, because I think you can go one on one of those games and still be fine. I think if you split those, you're in great shape. And then after that, I think it's beating Baylor. Crazy thing about this, guys, is if K-State beats TCU, they will be favorites in every single game the rest of the season. If K-State beats TCU, they'll be favorites in every... I don't agree with that. You don't agree with that? I don't agree with that because what if Oklahoma State beats TCU and... who? They, for God's sakes, who do they play the week after that? Texas. Texas? Texas. Yeah, they won't be a favorite if they beat both them. Talk about schedules. They have that. Are you kidding? You get TCU, Kansas State, and Texas in a row? Oh, man. Man, that mullet is going to be tested. So let me let me ask you guys this then. Is it a sturdy mullet? We'll find out. If K-State beats TCU, should they be favorites in every single game? If they beat TCU, let me, let me rephrase this, TCU and Oklahoma State. Because if you, you guys can agree with me that if they beat TCU and Oklahoma State at this point, there is no denying that K-State is in the driver's seat yeah. for the right. conference they're, they're, they will be, they If K-State is 5-0 and in conference play going into the final four games of the season, they will be favored in each of those games. I'm certain of it. Yeah. Doesn't matter what Texas does. Doesn't matter what Baylor does. Well, maybe. Well, if if Texas is one loss by then, but you're not. But you're not. They'll case the will be ranked higher. Might be a pick. Yeah. It, it will be intriguing. And and again, this will point out that spreads aren't always honest evaluations of what they think the actual spread will be. They're trying to balance the money as best they can in certain circumstances. So I can see a circumstance in which K-State is clearly the better team, but maybe Texas is a one-point favorite. You know what I mean? I, somehow manipulating the numbers so that they can get money coming in, well, which is a part of the gambling, you know, the the odds-making I don't grasp. Poon Saloon, the question was, how would you yeah, rank the importance? I think, is it too coach speak to say TCU 1, Oklahoma State 2, Texas 3, Baylor 4? Yes, that's coach speak. Cool. I wouldn't, because that's how is, I would Is Texas 3rd in the yeah. order? yeah. Well, I I agree with it only because one leads to another, leads to another, yep. leads to the final one. As what does Chris Kleiman always say? It is a twelve. It's a twelve week, twelve one, one game seasons, twelve one game seasons. To back is, up what we just talked about, like that's point, a lot of seasons. I'd like to point out that now he's been at K State like fifty seasons. Wow! So in dog years, how old is he? Not that's not ready. Right <laughs> Oh, my God. I can't. Daphne, help me out. <laughs> From Call Me T22, how big is the Oklahoma State TCU game this weekend, and what effect will the outcome have on the Cats? Well, they have to play them both. I don't think it really impacts K-State unless one looks significantly better than the other. Um, I guess the impact you can hope for, and this is not something I'm hoping for, that TCU gets beaten up in the course of this game. Uh, and is not full strength when the Cats go down there in a week. I guess that's something you can root for. If Oklahoma State wins by double digits, which they have in all of their games, I believe. Is that correct, Cole? Um, just nod. Um, and, uh, I mean, they're, they're winning games. So I guess that would be notable if Oklahoma State goes in there and wins by double digits. Does that ramp up TCU even more with a sense of urgency against K-State? I'm going to be really honest right here. I don't know what to think of TCU. They won an incredible shootout with Kansas, but I don't know what to think of Kansas either. I'm still not fully sold on Kansas or TCU. I don't know what's going on with them. I'll say this, TCU's receivers and Kansas's are amazing. 
that was some of the best pass catching I've seen in the course of a game in a long time. But maybe that's just how the game played out. Can I can I go on record and say that I think SMU is vastly, vastly overrated and TCU beat them by a touchdown. Right. There, there's some things on that schedule. I mean, but if we start nitpicking, you come back to Tulane. That's you know? fine. I mean, it, we can all do that, but I just TCU I haven't seen that next thing from TCU that really impresses. TCU doesn't guard anybody. They give yeah. up. A, they give up so many That's points. That's where I think their Achilles heel is. I think they're going to get outscored in some games. I don't think this game against Oklahoma State is going to be close. To be honest, you think Oklahoma State is going to round them? I think TCU. I wouldn't be surprised. Is, I think TCU is extremely overrated. They're not the 13th best team in the country. They shouldn't be ranked above K State. I can get you can. I can understand the argument of them being ranked over KU since they beat them head to head. They shouldn't even be ranked over Texas. Because not a team that should have a game day. No. Yeah, I look, if Oklahoma State goes in there and pounds them, maybe it bursts their bubble, um, particularly if they just route that defense, which I think is entirely possible. And this will be the best defense they have faced all year. Uh, Oklahoma State's going to put a solid defense on the field. So we'll see how it all pans out. But, yeah, it's a, it's it's fascinating. This whole the, the Big 12 this year is absolutely unpredictable. And our job is to try to make these predictions and analysis. And it's <laughs> wow, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, it's so hard to figure out these teams, Well, including K-State. Well, last question. Here we go. From Crunch Cat Supreme, predict the Big 12 standings at season's end. I would like a Crunch Cat Supreme right now. That sounds delicious. Predict what at the end? Predict the Big 12 standings at season's end. Regular season's end? Oh, boy. West Virginia at the top. Yeah, KU at the top. KU and West West Virginia rally. Should we start at the bottom? Let's start at the bottom. West Virginia. Those three, yeah. West West Virginia, Virginia, Iowa State. Iowa State. Oklahoma. We were just looking at Iowa State's schedule. Oh, my God. They're in trouble. They're not going to get bowl eligible unless they beat really pull an upset. Oklahoma might be – I just feel like they're going to out-talent people. If they beat KU on Saturday, they'll finish seventh. They won't finish eighth. Let's start there. Does KU – beat Oklahoma in Norman? I don't think so. No. no. I say yes. I think Oklahoma, as of now, has quit. They have quit on Brent Venables. So I, I'm not one to say you fire a coach after a year, but I can see Oklahoma doing it, not because they're losing, but because he lost his team. They are. When you hear TCU players saying they weren't even trying to tackle us, and then they get beat by their arch rival like that, that's a team with no pride, no self-worth, they don't want to play for the OU, and it's almost like half the team has no attachment to the OU. They like can, they just transferred in magically. They can. They can. The thing with Oklahoma is they play KU at home, and then they play Iowa State. So those are two games that they can win. I get it's in a the, the Iowa State games in a, but they can win that game. If they win those two games, and then they play Baylor, and Baylor's coming to Norman, I'm picking Oklahoma to win that game, and then they get to go play West Virginia. They should win that game too, and now all of a sudden they're back at the above five hundred in the conference play. This isn't the Oklahoma team of the yeah, last yeah, you're twenty it's years. Too much though. credit, you're I, giving them way too much credit. They just scored they're, zero points against they're, Texas. They're mediocre at quarterback. Dylan Gabriel's okay, but now he's dinged up. I mean, and I think he will be dinged up again. Uh, well, let's ask this: Who's better? Uh, who's going to finish higher, KU or, or Tech? Tech. I think Tech. Uh, Tech's gone through a. I do too. A pretty rough phase here. I mean, they barely beat Texas at home, but we're agreeing that Texas is not a bad team right now. Mm -hmm. And then they played where? (laughs) Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's tough. 
I think they finish above Kansas. Because what's KU's record? Two and one? Yeah. At some point, the party has to end for KU. So, right. so, so are we saying then? Okay. So, but we've, we've kind of, I think we've agreed here that in some order, Kansas and Tech will be in there, Oklahoma's in there, and then Iowa State and West Virginia at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So now let's get to the top. So it's the top five. Let's get to the top. Baylor's probably four, five in there just because they already have a couple losses. They don't quite have the same. I don't think they're as good on defense as they have been. They scream seven and five to me this year. Yeah, they just don't seem as efficient and dominant on defense. They were never overwhelmingly good on offense, but their defense was so good they could win a Big 12 title, which they did. So out of the remaining four, I think you slide TCU in there. Well, see, I'm almost ready to say you could put Baylor ahead of TCU. I wouldn't argue against that. We'll see what happens this weekend. If oh. they get routed by Oklahoma State, I'm all in on them. Or if the party doesn't end, you could put KU at five, and then you could put It'll end. Baylor at four and TCU at six, which I think is possible too. Okay. But either way, sure. So we're down to Oklahoma State, K-State, and Texas. On paper, I'd have to say Oklahoma State. That's who I thought would win the Big 12 at the start of the year. Um, and and Texas, um, honestly, on paper. But, but where are those games at? K-State's got them both in Manhattan. Do you trust Steve Sarkeesian over Mike Gundy and Chris Kleiman? No. Then there's your answer. No. And I don't trust the psyche of that. I'll say I, I trust Gundy over Kleiman, though. That is hard yeah. to argue against. I would say right now as we sit here, probably the top two will be Oklahoma State and Kansas State, which I think would be, again, really healthy for the conference to have a non-OU Texas rep in the Big 12 title game. But Texas is going to have a lot to say about it. But you do have to point out that Texas has a loss already. So they're already climbing a little bit uphill compared to three other programs. But Texas has already already played, like, if you want to say the three three of the bottom teams, they play Texas Tech, West Virginia, and Oklahoma. They still have to play. They get to play Iowa State on Saturday, sure. But then they finish at Oklahoma State, at K-State, TCU at home, at KU, and Baylor at home. That's brutal. That's awful. There's no way they go 5-0 and in that stretch. We'll find out. Ah, uh, Big 12 football is fun. You know what else is fun? The future Big 12 teams. But we'll get a, into that later in the week with the daily delivery. And by the way, my on the line this week has to come on, on Thursday because we've got a Thursday game. Thursday night football, not on Amazon Prime. Oh, this is just a regular old college football game. That's going to be the best football game of the night. Who is the Thursday? Bears and Washington. Bears Commanders. Awful. Oh. I want to watch the Chris Kleiman protege of Carson Wentz. Oh, there we go. Just, Take the just unders, kids. Just be quiet. Don't don't <laughs> say a word right now, Ryan Gilbert. Don't, don't, don't. That's it for the podcast. Don't say a word. Ryan Gilbert's got to go to work. We got to go to work. The three of us and two dogs on another edition of the Powercat Questions podcast that will come later in the week. We're working hard for you. And Zach's over here yawning again. He's killing me. Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.